This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the September edition of my year-long podcast series on creating a more effective compliance program. Each month during this year, I'm focusing on a different topic, which will help you create a more effective compliance program. And for the month of September, I'm going to focus on innovation in compliance. First, a word from this month's sponsor, Oversight Systems. Thanks, Tom, and thanks to everyone for joining us today. Oversight's artificial intelligence platform takes a comprehensive, multi-dimensional approach to identifying anomalies that are suggestive of bribery and corruption. Our analytics look across various dimensions such as employees, attendees, vendors, and countries over an extended time period. This enables us to identify employees exhibiting patterns of potentially improper behavior or collusion that are difficult to detect by auditing a single transaction at a time. Based on the analysis, employees or vendors engaged in risky behavior are presented in a risk-ranked format for easy examination. Remediation activities and the underlying root causes are automatically documented to drive continuous improvement. Oversight clients can easily demonstrate to the board and, if ever necessary, to the regulatory authorities that proactive monitoring of business transactions for anti-bribery and corruption risk is an integral part of company operations. With Oversight's Insights On Demand, you can have a best practice approach to identify possible violations in travel and entertainment and procure-to-pay programs. For more information, visit us at oversightsystems.com. Innovation indeed. I hope you will join me for the entire one-month series on innovation. I'm going to take a look at artificial intelligence, social media, leadership, and structural innovations. I think you will find it a fascinating month, and at the end of the month, you will have multiple tools and techniques which you can utilize to make your compliance program not only more effective, but operationalized, more efficient, and helping you to create greater profitability for your organization. This podcast, One Month to a Better Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 19, Innovation in Leadership. While many compliance departments began as more command and control functions set up by lawyers to comply with anti-bribery laws such as the FCPA or the UK Bribery Act or others, this type of leadership model is now fast becoming outmoded in today's world. It is not that employees are simply interested in the why they should do business ethically and in compliance with such laws, but more that the power is shifting inside corporations. An article in the Harvard Business Review entitled Understanding New Power explored how leadership dynamics are changing and what companies might be able to do to harness them. I found them to be some excellent insights, which a chief compliance officer can utilize moving to a CCO 2.0 or indeed 3.0, or a compliance practitioner might be able to garner for a compliance function going forward. The new power differs from the old power in that it's a bilateral dimension of intersection. This intersection is between models used to exercise power and the values which are now embraced. It is the understanding of this shift in power which will facilitate the compliance function moving forward to the forefront of a business integration role. The new power models are fourfold. Using sharing and shaping, a company is more integrated with its customers in the supply chain. Using funding, which continues this integration by adding a vertical component of funding, whether equity positions or some other type of funding. The third is producing, which is participants going beyond simply sharing or supporting other people's efforts and contributing their own. 
Finally, there's co-ownership, which is the most decentralized, pushing participation down to the lowest and most basic forms of or levels. Beyond these new power systems, there are a new set of values and beliefs that are being forged. Power is not simply flowing differently. People are feeling and thinking differently about it. Obviously, this is a feedback loop. And as you know, I'm a big fan of feedback loops because it allows visibility, visible visibility in the payoffs of peer-based collective action and endows people with a sense of power. In doing so, it strengthens norms around collaboration. The authors lay out five values around this new system. They include the governance, where <coughs> new powers favor informal networked approach to governance and decision-making. Second is collaboration, where the authors believe that new power values rewards with those who share their own ideas, spread them to others, and build upon existing ideas to make them even better. The next value is DIO, or do it ourselves, and under this value, there's a belief in the amateur culture and arenas that used to be characterized by specialization and professionalization. Next is transparency, and while not a new concept, it is more permanent transparency between the business and social lives, and here you can think of social media in any way, which leads to response in kind from our institutions and leaders who are challenged to rethink they, the way they engage with their constituencies. And here you might even think of the example of the president and how his use of Twitter has really revolutionized not only Twitter, but communication with his base. The final value identified by the author is Affiliation, which means new and younger employees are less likely to forge decade-long relationships with their institutions. There are three prescriptions which I found useful for the CCO or the compliance practitioner to incorporate into a mature and evolving compliance program moving forward. Compliance function needs to engage in three simple tasks, or essential tasks, rather. Assess their place in shifting power environment, channel their harshest critics, and develop a mobilization capacity. So, number one, assess where you are. This prong is quite close to something compliance practitioners are comfortable with in their everyday role, as it's a risk assessment. <clears throat> the assessment should be turned inward so that you assess the compliance function on its new power compass, where you are today and where you want to be in five years. And here you can think of the Stephen Martin one, three, and five-year plans. You can benchmark from other companies in responding to this query. Internally, you can begin this process with a conversation about the new realities and how the compliance function should perform. More importantly, such an assessment can help you identify the aspects of their core models and values should not be changed. Second, incorporate business unit interests. Today, the wisest organizations will be those engaging in the most painful and honest discussions inside and outside their organization about their impact. I think this question should be first asked by the CCO or compliance practitioner, for it is not only what you are doing to work with your business unit and, more importantly, what you are doing to incorporate their concerns and suggestions into your compliance regime. If you're going to ask the business unit to be a significant partner or, better yet, <coughs> a business partner, you will need to have a mechanism to engage your business unit so that there can be an inflow of input back from the business unit up to the compliance function <coughs> before there's an output of requirements. The level of introspection has to precede any investment in new power mechanisms. Three, mobilize your capacity. Here I suggest you contact third parties and contracted third parties 
such as joint venture partners as an avenue through which a company compliance function can bring greater benefits to an organization. I've often heard the example of a corporate compliance officer would be thanked when she would personally travel, he or she would personally travel to locations outside the United States and put on in-person training. Those efforts uh, to travel to the locations, the money amount of money spent not only directly will strengthen your compliance function, but will create allies going forward. By reaching out in such a manner, you can have a much stronger compliance relationship with contracted third parties, whether on the sales side or the supply side. As the compliance function matures, it will become more an important component of your business function. This means less of a lawyer's top-down mentality and more of a collaborative mentality. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, the lawyer-driven command and control method for compliance is not only outmoded, but it's outdated. Not only is a centralized compliance function something that will not fully operationalize your compliance program, but quite frankly, with the millennial employee of today, it will not resonate. So you need to think about that. Two, innovation and compliance leadership is recognizing the bilateral nature of power and communication within an organization. Simply put, power, innovation, and communications goes both up and down. And if you fail to take advantage of that, you will not only fail to fully operationalize your compliance program, but more importantly, you have a less efficient and less profitable business. And finally, one near and dear to my heart, a feedback loop. And I just have to say it one more time, the OUDA feedback loop can be used in the leadership function as well. So take advantage of a feedback loop in your compliance function. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you again for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Innovation and Compliance. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I hope that you would rate our podcast as would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the only monthly podcast series in compliance, which will help you create a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.